off we go. This thing's in play as well, and we're all off and running. So it's another Mad Axe podcast. Um, this is the second time we're attempting the introduction, but hopefully it'll be slightly um, more professional as a result of actually having a little bit of practice. I'm here with Richard Case, who is sweeping all before him amongst one of the many central London players in the upper echelons of the UK AGLG rankings at the moment. And Richard has taken a fantastically successful army um, to the last competition or the, or the last competition to take place on kind of a, a big national level, um, which was um, the BHS Challenge for the first time up at the NEC in Birmingham, um, a pretty spectacular venue. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Tim. Good. Thank you uh, for inviting me to share a few ideas. Well, let's hope so. And you're speaking to me from um, from the glamorous Las Vegas of um, somewhere that is which part of the country is it? Hertfordshire, Berkhamsted. Hertfordshire and Berkhamsted. Okay. Yeah. Is it Berkhamsted or Berkhamsted? Berkhamsted. Berkhamsted. All right. Okay. Yeah. You, you say that very definitely. It's, yeah. Um, you you swallow as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's uh, uh, Anglo-Saxon yeah. contraction. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, this this has already become um, a little bit much more X-rated than, than most of the other rubbish when we talk about um, in the car back home from somewhere. Um, so. The army that appeared to sweep all before it in in the BHS challenge um, was the Sassanids. And actually, if if, I, if this video bit is recording, um, looking at the the previous results from BHS challenge at, at UK Games Expo, as we whiz down here, um, there appeared to be a one two three clean sweep of the top three places for Sassanid Persian, which in some ways could say that Sassanid Persian is Clearly, because we're all war gamers um, and we're jumping to conclusions, a completely broken army that um, you know invalidates the rules and, and the world's about to end and, and it will stop competitive gaming in the UK and possibly worldwide within a matter of weeks when everybody comes onto it. Um, or possibly you could have a, a different legitimate reason for taking it, which which certainly, you know, with me featuring in, in third place there, my reason for taking it was... I just finished painting it and it was new and I'd, I'd never used one before. Um, and, and so I basically cobbled together a list comprised of all the toys I had painted, um, which is, is not widely scientific. But but I suspect that um, your list was had a, maybe maybe a tad more science to it than that one. And um, I've I've actually managed to put it here on on the um, on the wiki. Um, that is the Richard Case Challenge 300 points list here, which I think we played each other in a game that will will feature on the website quite soon. Um, yeah. and, and it came as a bit of a, a shock to me. But you know, talk me through it. Start, start off by saying you know, what, you know, and I guess this is a theme related thing. What tempted you into jumping with Sassanids in, in the theme at Challenge? Well, looking at the theme period, um, I always like to go for um, the appropriate knight category. So in the ancient classical periods, that's going to be cataphracts or in the biblical, it's heavy chariots and later on it, it's actual knights, really because um, of the advantages they have against infantry and the arm they have to resist shooting. So that was the basis of my starting point is I wanted an army that would include a lot of cataphracts rather than picking 
assassinated. Okay, because so, that's, that's you know that's an interesting starting point anyway. You know, it's knights clearly are are better than cavalry, but but they cost more points. Um, and there's plenty of other things that you can do against um, other infantry. You, you know, you you can throw Roman legionaries at them. You can throw pikemen at them. But do you, you know, do you think there's is it mobility or is it just they're better up heads up in your opinion or, or you know what what's the the thing for choosing knights in that particular bit of paper scissors stone i i like the fact that they move three and as you say most of the other things that can take on heavy infantry are other heavy infantry um moving at two so it just gives you that bit more mobility around the table obviously the big disadvantage of the cataphracts versus the later knights is um, the lack of manoeuvrability. Um, but pikes have that same challenge. Um, so that is something you've got to take account of in your list design. And I, I think like any successful list, you know, you start with a particular point, but you have to look at the list as a whole. Uh, each of the parts has to have a specific function uh, and you where you have you know most most things are not only successful they most of them have an achilles heel and so often what you're trying to do with the rest of the list is address the achilles heel of, of your primary troop time okay so so if i if i replay that back to you in in slightly more um, pithy language you like cataphracts because they're maneuverable but unfortunately, they're not very manoeuvrable, so you need something else to, to help them. Well, they're that. fast rather than manoeuvrable. Okay, so they're, they're fast forwards and backwards. They're fast, heavy infantry, in my mind. Right, okay. All right, in interesting way of looking at it. So so your army, you know, I think starting, um, really, I think when you're looking at, at the way an army's put together, the first point is, what is the distinction of, of generals? And we've got, got your section you know, here, um, this list here. This was a 300-point competition. In fact, again, maybe may another question is, do you think Sassanids is a much better list at, at 300 or, or is it just a, a list you might have chosen if this was a 200 point competition? I might have chosen it at 200, um, but at 300, you've got, um, you know, you're, you're 100, on a 100 more points. Yeah, you've got 100 more <laughs> points, but you've only got seven and a half more UD of frontage to cover. So you've got 50% more points, but you've only got 25% more frontage to cover. So it favours armies that are have a lot of expensive, um, high quality troops. So I think Sassanids aren't quite as good at 200 because their flanks are a bit more vulnerable if they go for a lot of high point troop types. Okay, so, so you know, some of the sort of charging hairy barbarian cavalry would cause them a lot more trouble at 200 than they do at, at 300 when they can stick the good stuff in up front and centre. Yes. Okay. And and you've gone, looking at this, you've gone too brilliant, um, too ordinary. Now, I think the ordinary ones are, are almost exactly the same, aren't they? You've got a, a too heavy cavalry for horse archers. That's a, a mucky about sort of mess about little command and a um, three... Oh, actually, no, that's three cataphracts. Sorry, I'm, I'm misreading that and doing you a disservice there. And then the then the, the slightly unusual light camelry bow. Um, so is it you know, is there even worth a, a discussion on saying that ordinary one sits out on a flank and, and, and flirts and farts around? 
So the, the first ordinary one, the unreliable one, um, is very much something to, to fill a section of the table. It's, it's cheaper because it's unreliable, but because it's there simply to slow the enemy down, if I roll a one and the enemy chooses not to come at them, it's already serving its purpose. So I don't mind whether it's reliable or not. And again, I think that's a key point if you're choosing an unreliable general you've got to have you've got to assume as part of your battle plan that it is unreliable and, and then work from there so would you, you know was that an embedded general um, um it doesn't look like it from what i wrote down but that one is not the other the other ordinary one is embedded so what because you know that one to me screams out then you've only got two heavy cavalry what's what's the logic in in not embedding that one as well or because you've got six, you've got six bases, and it's much harder for an embedded general to rally from shooting. Whereas if you don't embed him, he can hop along the line and add his encouragement to whoever takes a hit in shooting, because okay. that's a command I'm expecting to end up toe-to-toe -to -toe shooting with other mounted horse archers. Okay, and four horse archers. That you know, the textbook ADLG thing is to to have two for the. The additional point in um, in skirmish, I'm sorry, in the pre-game battle setup, but you've gone with four. Do you, do you see that as a command that is that to bully other groups of two, or is that that to go too deep and, and actually shoot against proper cavalry? Well, across the whole army, I've got nine light horse, so I get the extra plus two on scouting. Okay, but you know, would you use those four? Yeah, is there something in mind? Is it is it about bullying up, bullying other light cavalry, or is it just doing partly? But it's also the fact that as a four, you can either have four in a in a single rank uh, to hold territory, or you can double them up and get the increased firepower to nibble away at the end of an enemy line. Okay, and and I guess finally, I suppose it, it's there's a limit to the number of elites and it, it goes up to 12 I think it, it does go up to 12 at the 300 point game yes um, were you were you tempted to take any of the cavalry as non-elite because if they are there just to occupy space or not really because I think the extra advantage I mean my basic philosophy is normally to go for a lot of elite troops um, experience has taught me that although they are expensive uh, they're worth the money, and the more points you're using, the more the more they are worth the money, um, because you can you can afford that cost without having too short a line. Okay, and then your your next command running running down it is a brilliant general. Um, I can see straight away it's a, it's a, one of those commands that that does two different things. Um, so you've got three elite cataphracts, you've got two more of the the heavy cavalry bow elite. Um, you've got a, a sort of half-hearted Death Star um, of a of a javelinman, an elephant, um, a light infantry bow, and then three levy. Um, levy sat at the back, or, or would you? Did you ever use them? You know, as as actual combat troops? Yeah, I've used them. I used them in a couple of games. So their their primary job will be to screen the camp against um, outflanking enemy light horse. But um, I also have them ready to come up in a couple of games where there was a single element breakthrough. Um, three levy, if you can use the middle one to make the contact and get two overlaps, 
they're not too bad, particularly against enemy cavalry, obviously against um, cataphracts, <laughs> then it's not much fun. Yeah, but against enemy cavalry, they stand a pretty decent chance if, they, if they're three on one. Yeah, because the, the thing about Levy, they're, they're close formation foot, aren't they? So they don't quite skittle over against... Um, or I, th I believe they're close formation foot. Or maybe I'm, am I wrong on that one? No, they, they are close formation foot. But okay. I, I think cavalry get a factor of one against them, whereas they get zero against normal close order foot. Okay, but you're, but you're not getting the extra bits and pieces for going into medium, light medium foot. And exactly. Sort of you're stuff. not getting the pluses for hitting medium infantry. Yeah, okay. And then... so. Three cataphracts, two two heavy cavalry. Um, are you using them separately, to, or as or as a line, or is there is there a? Because in a way, that suddenly looks like to me you're doing three different things with this command. You've got cavalry that shoot and skirmish. You've got cataphracts that hit, and then you've got the the, the poor man's Death Star. Right. Well, again, you have to look at this in connection with the fourth one. So depending on the enemy, I might be deploying the two commands with elephants next to each other and, and concentrating the elephants thing. and mediums together. So the fourth, com the fourth command is this, um, is this Kushan Alike, which is the, the interesting you know, joke yep. in the pack here. Okay. So I might do that or um, ag against somebody else, um, I might be spreading the elephants out uh, if the enemy had, had a lot of cavalry as opposed to um, a, a lot of cataphracts. Um, then I would tending to be spreading the elephants out to support. Um, quite often the elephant the elephant and the javelin men are there as much to neutralize enemy elephants as they are to do anything else. And so it's a command that can work together by putting the javelin men between the elephant and the mounted. That stops my own mounted being um, disorganized. And again, uh, I might use the cavalry to form a link to that uh, first flanking command or it can also be a bit of a mobile reserve. It's also quite useful if the enemy comes at me with light horse then I can quite often whip those cavalry round and pin his light horse from the rear and allow my heavy troops to then slam into them. Yeah the, the two, heavy, two elite heavy cavalry would, um, would shred any light horse quite, quite fairly wouldn't they? Yeah. And then, then going on from that, um, in fact, you know, if those two things are operating together, let's jump to the the, the brilliant ally, um, the Kushan, which which again is, is actually it's, it's a sort of similar command. So you've got three three more elite cataphracts, um, four light horse archers, um, a kind of an Indian Death Star of, of an elephant, and um, a couple of archers which are the mixed swordsman bowmen. Yeah, you've got the compulsory terrible horse, which um, seems to be. Um, bedevil every single Indian army and, and the skirmisher to to screen the elephant. Um, so uh, whilst we've, we've seen these commands that do multiple things, so cataphracts again, elephants again, um, but here you're sort of swapping four horse archers for the, the two Asavan in, in that other command. But but largely this is actually a, a fairly similar command with a, with a slightly better death start. So is this something that, that piles uh, you know, because I'm always sceptical about these Indian archers, swordsmen. They're they're sort of good, and then suddenly they're not very good at all. Is this an army that that barrels or command that barrels up the middle and and takes people on, or or does it do something else? Well, in in the, in that competition, I had it play both roles. In some games, it forms one flank with the light horse out wide. Um, 
I think in our game, uh, we had a waterway. So then what I was able to do is to put the elephant and the archers next to the waterway and, and advance against enemy cavalry. Um, the, the advantage of the mixed unit is they shoot as good as bowmen, but the cavalry aren't as destructive against them. Um, they also are, because they've got a protection of one, if you get into an archery duel, they should win uh, against straight archers because of the extra protection. Normally, they'd be very vulnerable in the open to mounted, but stick an elephant between them uh, and they're resistant. So there, it's actually a way of having a tougher shooting. The elephant's there really to keep enemy cavalry off while the, the archers do the damage. And then once the enemy is weakened, then the elephant can be committed. Actually, yeah, because un unlike the classical Indian, and you know, this might sound a bit counterintuitive, but this is just a normal elephant. The, the classical Indian is the more expensive elite um, elephant. And, Correct. And I can sort of see in this that having an elite elephant is almost overkill. You're, you're spending extra points on something that, that because of the, the supports just being mediocre is not necessarily going to charge home or, at all itself and, until it becomes, I guess, arguably a bit more expendable towards the um, towards the end phase of the game. Yeah, and and one of the reasons I, I picked the Kushan A was to get, I, I like the look of that support, the elephant supporting the archers, but I wanted um, nine elite cataphracts. And by taking the Kushan, I could have the six Sassanid ones and the three Kushan ones because I figured very few other people would have nine elite cataphracts. That's it's a big number. So, so actually, in this army, you've got because um, the Sassanids can have up to twelve um, elites in the army, but you've got to split that across the the cataphracts and the the. Um, yeah, only, only half of them would be cataphracts. Yeah. Okay, so you've you've got all, so you've got all six um, from the the Sassanid ones plus an extra three, because you've then got that final command, which is ordinary. Um, an included general with three elite cataphracts and then the um, the light cavalry bow. Um, so so three elite cataphracts. I guess you're you're committing the general. Does he have you found he dies or is he actually tough enough with the plus one to to pretty much be survivable against most things? He he sometimes dies. Um, so does everything. But I think the point that's, that's, is that's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh way to treat your troops there, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if he's ordinary, yeah. the chances and you put him into combat, um, it's quite likely that he can't allocate points out anyway. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've, I've found it's quite good to have one small, uh, tough command like that with an included general. Uh, and you can see I've used a couple of mediocre units. Um, and and really the, the camelry just creates a bit of fun by disorganising other light horse, you know, it can stick on the end of a line um, with with uh, one of the foot units um, and, and just cause a, a little bit of awkwardness. And that me mediocre Indian cavalry is still line troops. So if you can get it into a position to do flank, you've got something that costs only five points, which is highly mobile and, and can do a lot of damage in in the late phase of the game. OK. And then you're, and you're, did you find with that that light camelry? Because obviously, I think one of the the bits that people miss in the rules is that you can't move any form of camelry with with other cavalry. They they can only go with other camels. Did you 
find that that was, you know, they ended up getting left behind because she was spending points on the cataphracts? Not usually, because usually those cataphracts are are in the middle of the line. Um, so you just leave one space for, for the camel to run through because it, although light horse can normally interpenetrate because it's a disorganizing type, it can't. Okay. So you need to leave a space for it. But, but quite often, you know, it would be up front early on and then fall back. Um, there's so few units in that command. The general always has one. As long as the cataphracts just want to go forward, they've always got the general's one and you've always got at least one other pit to move the camels. Okay. And then you know, I, th I think so we're almost the, the final question, which, which I'm sure everybody's been thinking about, um, if, if they're listening to this and reading the, um, reading the Sassanid Persian list. Um, no day Lamai. And it, it, I, just note, I thought the whole point of using Sassanids was to take day Lamai, but you've, you've not used them here in a period with a lot, in theory, a lot of heavy foot and Romans that, that they could smash through. Right, but you can't take the Dail Army with the Kushan. It's, it's not a combination you can have. And I didn't take the list. I took the list for the cataphracts. That's what drove my decision. So I wanted the I wanted the Kushan. It, I was sad not to have the Dale Army, but at the end of the day, the two other Sassanid armies were based on the elite shooting cavalry plus Dale Army. And I think overall, having the extra amount of cataphracts, when it comes to a fight, that tips things in your favor. Okay. Um, be, because the thing about the Dale Army and the elephants is they can't really go backwards. So they're an anchor point in the enemy line um, that will force the enemy cavalry to then stop them being isolated. And that allows your cataphracts to get into action. Right. OK, so so looking at the results, then you four straight victories and um, if, if this is recorded correct, four straight victories and a, a draw. Um, yeah. So certainly one of those was was me, which I think was was that number four. I think so. Yes, it's around four. So um, I also so, beat Hubert and Gordon along the way. Oh wow, that's yeah, that's a, oh, yeah. You can't argue with that. So who was the um, who was the person who managed to hang on? I think it was Peter. Ah, right, with that enormous Ptolemaic army of pikemen. Yeah, we got very close, but we just ran out of time. Right. Okay. So you know, having having used that and and taken the list and and deployed it. You know, does it sit there and, and it's perfect or, or is there anything that you'd look at next time and think, actually, you know, I, I won the competition, but but I, I learned this and I might do this slightly differently. Yeah, I mean, I think there's 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 always tunes you want to play. I mean, I have to say my mind, having seen three Sassanids win, my mind immediately went to, OK, well, which army is going to beat Sassanids mm -hmm. rather than trying to perfect this list? So, so if we flick through the, the book, which one are you looking at? You know, what would you have taken knowing knowing what else was there? Is, is there a Sassanid beta in in this particular period? I don't know. The one I'm thinking hard about is Middle Imperial Roman, which can have a lot of elite unarmored legionaries and at 300 points, I think it can have four medium artillery. Which... I, must, I must admit, the, the artillery is one thing I've been, been sort of flirting with myself to think. You know, it forces other people to move and, and it can 
pick off elephants and, and just knock one or two little holes in people before they get into combat, which can make a huge difference. Well, and counterfracts. So yeah. if the trend is towards people using more counterfracts and more elephants, then I think you start looking at um, infantry that will hang around a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, elite heavy infantry is always going to be slow to die. Um, and, and then some shooting to wear the enemy down beforehand. And, you know, the, the elite um, unarmed legionaries uh, are quite a bit cheaper. Um, you know, they're 11 points, uh, just like regular pikemen. So you can use those extra points to to get more length in the line um, or maybe even send an, a, a small command on a flank march, um, all of which I think will discomfort the Sassanids, because the one challenge the Sassanid has is it is relatively small because it has so many good expensive troops. No, I, I must, I must That's the way to beat it. I, I must admit, using it, you know, in, in some ways, having um, having the waterway down there felt like it was bizarrely all, almost necessary in some of the games. To, otherwise, the the, the table where well, the, the train sort of falls in the wrong place, um, and it also sort of stopped anyone else from from taking or taking the river and, and putting it a bit even, even narrower on on the table front. But no, I must admit, I, I enjoyed using it um, first time out. I think my list was was very different to yours. I think mine was a bit more old school here um, with uh, well using as many elephants as I owned and, and all the other stuff that I own with uh, the big Death Star command, um, two commands with uh, the Asavan and, and a couple of light horse in each and then a, a just straight up the middle cataphract command. But but that that concept of of commands which can do two or three things and, and can work together with each other with each other is is certainly I think the way forward. It just gives you a lot more options about how you deploy and, and how you spread across the table. Um, whereas this, you know, I, I ended up in fairly stereotype way of playing each game because because I only kind of had four pieces to, to put down, whereas the ability to combine those other commands gives you effectively sort of five or six, six different ways of, of deploying, which you know just, just makes it more flexible. Yeah, I mean, when I started, I, I very much had commands that could all move forward on a single pip but I think one of the one of the light bulb moments for me is that in most games you get within you know the four of the enemy after turn one usually uh, and therefore you know if you have a competent or a brilliant general you can move three different groups um, pretty straightforwardly within the same command and as you say, that gives you a lot more tactical flexibility. And, and I, I would, think, you know, if people are, are struggling with their lists, that would be one thing uh, I would encourage people to look at. But then you do have to pay for the command points there because you can see where I've taken the ordinary generals. They're, they're quite simple commands and uh, it's the complex ones that have the brilliant generals. Yeah, I see. So, yeah, that's... That's really you're always moving two pieces, maybe three, and then these you're always moving one. So, yeah. so that just that's a very different way of putting it together. Okay, well look, Richard, that's been um, brilliant, illuminating. Um, hopefully, the video will work as well. So, um, <laughs> thank you for your time, and um, thank you for taking part in this first um, Skype video online ADLG list deconstruction edition. 
of, uh, <laughs> that's quite good, wasn't it? Of, yeah. of the Mad Axman podcast. It's, it's been useful, and um, I'm sure we shall um, we shall talk again. Um, yeah. Once again, thank you very much. My pleasure. Take care. Bye. Right, bye.